So this morning, as we continue with the story of Moses, I'm so thankful for those kids because I think they're really learning these characters well. Don't you agree? Awesome. So as we learn these stories, these stories are not just stories for us to learn and then forget, but they actually have an impact in our life. And so as we look at Moses this morning, we're going to look at how this groups together not only the covenant of our Father, who gives us um, admission into his family, but also the kingdom. So Moses is a character that brings together both covenant and kingdom and what it looks like to live in both. So we're going to start today in Exodus chapter 3. So if you want to look, you can jump in your Bibles. You can go to chapter 3. It's the second book in the Bible, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. When Moses heard this, he covered his face because he was afraid to look at God. God always starts with securing our identity in him. And so God speaks to Moses through a bush by reminding him about the covenant that he made with his ancestors. It starts with reminding us of who we are and where we came from so that God can speak in our life and tell us where we will be going. We don't know where we're going unless God speaks to us first and reminds us that we are his son or his daughter. What we see in this story of Moses is that he's very insecure in his identity. He's not really sure what God is going to do with him. He's not really even sure who God is. But he is curious about a burning bush. He's scared because he doesn't really understand protection or provision. And we know in covenant that covenant always includes both protection and provision. If you're in covenant with God, he is always there protecting you. If you're in covenant with God, he is always there providing for you. If you're doubting either one of these, then God is calling you back to look at his promise that he made to you long ago. It's a covenant that he made as a good, good father with us, and he did so with Moses as well. But Moses, even after being told about this covenant, is still unsure about his identity. He's unsure about his identity even after God has done so many great things in his life. If you remember the story of Moses, it starts out by being spared from being killed by Pharaoh. Pharaoh wants all these young Hebrews to be killed because there's overpopulation and he's scared that the Hebrews will rise up and revolt against Egypt. So he sends out an order to kill all the Hebrew boys. And they are ready to be thrown into the Nile, cut by the sword. And Moses is born in this time. And he's placed in a river. So God saves him. In the river, they're not sure what's going to happen to him, if he will be picked up, cared for. And God saves him again because he sends a princess of Egypt down to the river to see Moses. She picks him up and she welcomes him into her family. He gets spared again. Now Moses wasn't aware of this because he's a little kid. He's a baby. So he has no idea that this is happening, but he was told the stories. He gets saved from being in slavery because he's saved by an Egyptian princess. So while the rest of his family is in slavery, 
Moses gets called out of that slavery into royalty. Moses is saved from judgment after killing an Egyptian. He should be sent to jail and then executed. But instead, he's allowed to run away into the desert of Midian. He's also saved then from death in the desert by another family where he'll eventually meet his wife. So a life that could have been lonely, an outsider, he gets welcomed into a family and then he is saved from loneliness by God providing Zipporah, his wife. After all these things that have happened in his life, Moses is still insecure about his identity that God actually loves him. He's insecure that God even knows his name. He's unsure if God has a purpose for him. So I wonder how many of you today struggle with an identity problem? How many times has God done something significant in your life and you just bypass it because you're unsure about his protection and his provision? I know that I've been there. You're unsure that you can really walk with God because maybe you just haven't been good enough for him to walk alongside of you. Maybe he doesn't need to provide for you because you've messed up his provision in the past. Or maybe he shouldn't protect you because you really made a stupid choice. Right? But that's not what God does with his covenant with us. His covenant stands firm even when we waver. His, stand, his covenant with, Mo, with Moses stood firm even when Moses was unsure if this is a God he can really trust in. In baptism, he puts his covenant upon us. Not just by calling out like he did to Moses and saying, I know your name, Moses. Moses, Moses, come closer. In baptism, he puts his name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit upon us, recognizing that we have a new name, that we're a part of a new family. And in that family, there is always protection and provision. In that family, we are, wel we are welcomed into the family, no matter what we've done in the past. We are welcomed into the family no matter how lonely or depraved we are. We are welcomed into the family no matter what kind of history we've made or has been written down about us. We are welcomed into the family with any kind of rap sheet or conviction. We are welcomed into the family no matter how far we have tried to run away. We are welcomed into the family whether we've been a success in this life or from other points of view, a complete failure. We are welcomed into the family, whether we get an A, a C, or an F. Because that's the way God operates. He says, welcome home. We're given a personal invitation by the God of the universe to come sit at his table. 
But I think for many of us, we get insecure that a God of the universe could actually know us by name and recognize us beyond just another face in the crowd. But what God wants us to remember, in his covenant there's provision and protection, that God is for us, he's not against us. Think in those moments when you're like, oh, I'm not sure if God is for me. That's a lie. God is for you. He is always for you. He is never against you. He is always saying, come home to the family. God is calling all of us home. And I think that's the message that we get from Moses today. That when we actually begin to receive that identity as part of the family, when we actually start seeing that God is our father and he loves us, when that covenant is secure, that means that we can represent that family well. That means we can actually represent who Jesus is because we're his brother. We're not just someone that God doesn't know who is saved because they know Jesus. We are a family member who holds a position in the family. That's the confidence and security you have when you believe in the covenant that God has provided. When you have been baptized in his name, he says, you now have a position in my family. And no one can take that from you. You can leave it behind. But my door will always be open for you to come home, my son, to come home, my daughter. Because I have a special place for you. And it's right by me. Because God is for us, not against us. Because God always provides provision and protection. What happens with Moses is that he gets a little bit scared about representing. But because God has secured who he is in Moses' life, he then says, Moses, you now have a mission. And this is what he says to him in, verses, in the following verses, 7 through 10. Then the Lord told Moses, I have certainly seen the oppression of my people in Egypt. I have heard their cries of distress because of their harsh slave drivers. Yes, I'm aware of their suffering. So I've come down to rescue them from the power of the Egyptians and lead them out of Egypt into their own fertile and spacious land. It is a land flowing with milk and honey, a land where the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Pezrites, Hivites, and Jezebutes now live. Look, the cry of the people of Israel has reached me, and I have seen how harshly the Egyptians abuse them. And this is key in this covenantal relationship with Moses. He now gives him the mission. Now go, for I'm sending you to Pharaoh. You must lead my people Israel out of Egypt. It is an impossible task by any human measure. You're going to go to the most powerful country in the world. The most powerful empire at this time. And one man, because he has a covenant with the father of the universe, is sent to go represent 
the Lord. Now, I'd be a little insecure about that. Would you guys be a little insecure that you were supposed to go? Let's say you're going to go to the United States is pretty powerful, but let's say it's Russia. You're going to go to Russia and tell them that anybody that they've jailed, they're now free. You've heard the word and now you're supposed to go. How many of us would kind of shudder and go, oh, I'm not sure. How many of you would shudder and kind of go, ah, I'm not sure. Well, you're in good company because Moses did the same thing. He then came back to God and said, well, I'm not sure that I'm the one you want because I can't really speak. I'm not sure if I'm the one you want because I don't know if this is going to work out so well. I'm not sure if you really want me. Are you sure you really want me? And I think we kind of do this too, don't we? But when our covenant is secured, when we know that we are a son or daughter of God, we can look at a mission like this and say, there's nothing to fear. Because the kingdom will be a new reality that I get to step into. But if you don't know who you're representing, you can't represent well. It would be like my kids. If, they didn't, if I didn't tell them who we were on a daily basis as a family, how could they represent us as a family? If I don't tell people that Oikos is a church that values building extended family, not through our blood, but through the blood of Christ, that anyone is welcome to be a part of the family. We wouldn't be that church. If I said that we're not a church about discipleship, if I didn't keep telling you guys we're a church about discipleship, would we be a church about discipleship? Probably not. So you have to know who you are if you're going to represent well. But I think for us, we often are scared to actually believe that God will give the protection that he promised. And we are scared that he'll give the provision to do what he's asking us to do. And so when we are charged with a mission like Moses, we say, I don't want to talk about who I believe in at work because my boss doesn't believe and it may jeopardize my job. Have you ever heard someone say that? Or I don't want to talk to my friends about Jesus because they're not so hip on it and I may lose those friendships. Or I don't want to talk about Jesus because I don't really represent him well. Or I don't want to invite people into my house or into our extended family because I'm not sure it's going to be worth it. I don't want to pray with my family because there's like this weird tension when no one's going to pray and I think I should, but I'm scared of their approval. I don't want to pray for healing for my friend because I'm not really sure that God's going to provide it.
Are you guys, do you have fear in your heart when you represent the king? When he asks you to do something that is a little bit out of the ordinary, do you walk believing that Jesus is right by your side? Do you actually believe that Jesus cares enough about you that through the hardest time, he is right beside you? Now, some of you may not, and that's, that's why you're here. Because we have a promise in God's word that as we hear his words of promise, he'll secure our identity in our hearts. So it's okay if you're kind of going, I know I should be saying yes, I believe that Jesus is right by me every day because he loves me that much. Even when I'm doing stupid things, he's just saying, come closer, I'm right here. Even when I experience deep pain, Jesus is saying, I'm right here. I got your hand. I'm holding you close. God always gives us protection and provision, but we often fear. But today that we need to know that there's nothing to fear when you're in the family of God. There's nothing to fear when you're a family of God because the head of the family, our, family, our father, has everything under control. And I know some of you have a hard time with believing that everything is under his control and not yours. Or that when things are out of your control, they're still in his control. That when you walk into a space that you're a little nervous about and you're not sure what he's asking you to do, you can still know that he's got things under control. And I know this is pretty hard to swallow, but this was very true for Moses, and he got a burning bush, and you don't always get a burning bush. At least you haven't told me about any burning bushes that the Lord has provided to encourage you in your faith. Although I think we feel that we should have that. How many of you would love to have a burning bush and God speak to you and tell you exactly what you should do? Travis, go ahead and say, I do, I do, right? You do. You want that. But I'm going to tell you, he already has given you that. We are the same way as Moses. We want the burning bush, and God knows that, and so he's provided it. But like Moses, even after a burning bush is provided, we go, well, I'm not sure. Was that really him speaking, or... Or not. He is given, and we're going to be celebrating this in just a few moments. He's given his very body and his blood in a covenant. Anyone who eats of my body and my blood is in me, and I am in them. That's a pretty awesome promise. But like Moses, we hear that, and the burning bush all of a sudden loses its significance. Just like the Lord's Supper all of a sudden loses, loses its significance when we're faced with something that is beyond ourselves. He speaks to us. We saw this last week in baptism. 
in that moment, this mysterious moment takes place that just with water and his name, a miracle happens because that child, that person, is no longer outside the family, but they're inside God's family. The God of the universe has called them to be in his family. And we know that he has said, I've prepared a place for all of those who believe. So that means in the moment that Ian was baptized, God said, I'm preparing a place for Ian. It's going to be awesome. In the moment that Bethany was baptized, he said, Bethany, I've got an awesome place for you. It's, it's not for you yet, but I've got it prepared now. And I want you to put your own name in there. For those of you that have been baptized, he has already said, I have a place for you. Now, but not yet. When we celebrate the Lord's Supper, he says, as you eat of me, your sins are forgiven and I am in you and I will not leave you. That's covenant. So don't pass it by because it's the burning bush that God gives us today. He's also given us simple instructions. So we want the burning bush, right? We want some element, which we just said we have. We have two elements that he's given us. And we should never just pass them by. And then he's also given us clear instructions. So all of you that go, I just don't know. I don't know what God wants me to do. And I know that most of you have said that to me at one point. I just don't know what God wants me to do. Well, here are the clear instructions. Matthew 28. Jesus came and told his disciples, I've given all authority, I've been given all authority in heaven and on earth, therefore go and make disciples. I'm reading slower just so that we take these instructions in. Of all nations. Every person. That means you don't get to pick and choose. Just, I'm going to clarify the word here. Go and make disciples of the neighbor you can't stand. Go and make disciples of the crazy uncle in your family. Go and make disciples of the brother that really irritates you. Go and make disciples of the store clerk that was really rude to you. Go and make disciples of your friend who you're scared will not be your friend if you talk to them about Jesus. Go and make disciples of your family members who don't know him. But you think it would be a little weird tension if you told them about it. Clear instructions. Baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you and be sure of this, I am with you always to the very end of the age. Jesus doesn't operate any differently than he did with Moses. We want to classify stories like Moses and Joseph and Abraham in a different category. 
that that's something that God did long ago and he doesn't do it anymore. But God doesn't change. We want to change him, but God doesn't change. And so Jesus comes and he gives us everything that Moses was given to reassure us that we have a covenant, that God really loves us. And also to remind us that we really do have a mission. That we're not brought into a family just so that we can go around and go, yay, I'm in the family. You're in the family because you're part of a family business. And the business is about Jesus. Because if God has prepared a place for you, I would hope that we would not be so selfish to be satisfied that that's the only thing we want God to do. But that we would look at those people that God has placed around us and go, I would really love for God to prepare a place for you too. I would really love to have God make everything that's wrong right in your life. Not now, completely, but partially now, and then completely when he comes again. So what's the rest of the story of Moses? You guys know the rest of the story of Moses. It's a pretty well-known story, right? Is, are God's people saved? Yeah. So if God does the same thing with Moses as he does with us today, if he gives you an impossible mission, can he then do impossible things through you? Can he do impossible things through you? Because God doesn't operate any differently. He is sending you out to confront the biggest and strongest opponent that you feel that you will fail against. But because God is with you with provision and protection, you will succeed. So I wonder, as we look at the rest of the story of Moses, where we see complete protection and provision, we get to see that even though we got to see the promised land but not go in it, God actually did something greater for him. Sometimes we look at that part of the story and we go, oh, poor Moses. He, you know, put up with all these people for 40 years, bickering and complaining. I mean, I have to put up with that with my kids like 15 minutes in my car and I'm like, can we sell you? Moses did that for 40 years. And then because he messes up, God says you will not be able to enter the promised land. And he just gets to look at it because God loves him. But the most awesome part of that story is if you really believe that God gives full protection and provision, is that God actually provided even more for Moses that day that he died. Because in that moment, Moses didn't get to just look on the promised land here and now, but he got to look on the not yet promised land. And he actually got to enter in it. He got to stand by God's side that day. Not just hear his voice, but see God completely. He didn't have to hide this time. 
That's why we don't have to fear. We walk around fearing death so much. And yet God's saying, you're seeing a little bit of it now, but let me tell you what's waiting for you in the not yet. And for Moses, that's what he got to experience. So with our stories, I wonder what will be the rest of our story? What story is God writing on you, on your heart right now? Is he re-securing the covenant with him as your father? Is he calling you back home? And it's just the beginning or the second phase of your story. Or is he saying, remember the mission I have before you? And will you go down a litany of things that God has done in you and through you because you were secure in the covenant? Will you see impossible things? Will we be the rescue team? Or will we be the people who need to be rescued? There are really only two parts of the story. I pray that Oikos Church would not just be people who need to be rescued, but that we would step into being the rescue team. That's our mission. That's why we're a part of the family. May our story continue to be written as we rest in that covenant that God has given us so freely through the death of his son. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time that you've given us to look at Moses. And for those of us today that are in identity crisis, unsure of what you're asking us to do, unsure of who you are, unsure of who we are, reassure us in our hearts that you are our Father, that you are a good, good Father, and you love us deeply, that you know us by name, that you are with us, that that is not an empty promise that Jesus made, but he is actually with us right now, and as we leave this place, he'll be with us because he deeply cares for us, each of us. We're not just a number in this place, but we are a part of your family. Help us to hear that, Lord, each day so that we may represent that to others. In your name we pray, amen.